This is Conquering Columbus. Hey, everybody. This is the Conquering Columbus podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike, and this is episode 285 of the show. And today we're talking with Ira Sharfin, and he is the president of Continental Office. This is actually the second time we've had Ira on the show, and this episode is a little different. Rather than focusing on Ira's story and the story of Continental Office, we talk with Ira about the changing office and the future of workspaces after the pandemic. We start by touching on the great resignation and what's causing people to leave their jobs. I don't subscribe to the great migration. I think it's crazy to think 70% of the people are going to leave their job or are looking. I think most of the people looking to leave have anxiety. They have stress. Mm -hmm. They have questions that are unanswered. You know, those are the companies and the people that are probably at risk. It's time to listen. Later, we talk about the challenges of working from home and why Ira believes the hybrid model is the way of the future. A lot of mental health issues with that. You know, yeah. anxiety, you know, we roll out of bed and you're at work. I don't think anybody wants to go back to how it was. I think it's going to force a lot of trust with executive teams and leaders. And it's no longer about butts and seats. If there's a Wednesday team meeting and everybody should be there because they're on that sales team, they should be there. Do they have to be there 10 hours that day? Yeah. What if they're there for four hours? That's good enough. If the other time you're either at home or some other workplace and you're productive, we've shifted from butts and seats and productivity to expectations and outcome. We wrap up talking about how experience will shape the offices of the future and the importance of creating a space where your employees can feel comfortable. I'm an industrial engineer by training, and so I was trained it's about productivity and efficiency. And mm -hmm. now I think in terms of, did you create the right outcomes? Yep. Did you have impact? Are you effective? Are you helping your team? Are you helping your clients? Are you a positive contributor to our continental community and the external community? And if all those answers are yes, I don't care whether you're in the office at 8 or 10 or whether you worked at home or a coffee bar. You're doing what you need to be doing. But at the end of the day, the office is important. As always, we hope you enjoy this episode. Let's dive into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike. We got me and Tim in the booth today, Josh over in New York City. Tim, what's going on? Man, I... It's been a while. Dude, it has been a long time. I just ate my first meal of the day, so I feel... What'd you eat? I didn't dude, notice. I had Max. Max, Max? Cafe... Like right down the, the street yeah, from the office, the they make their own hot sauce. It's called No Refunds, and it is incredible. You mix that with uh, ketchup, this dip is, the tots in it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they make a Philly cheesesteak. Mm -hmm. We're not in Philly, but they're, they're doing something right. Yeah. It brought me back to life, man. I feel, I Max, feel good. <laughs> Max, if you guys want to sponsor Conquer yeah, no, Columbus, this is a free advertisement. Next yeah. one's not free. but People, people will be there. <laughs> Great. Well, it's exciting to uh, be back in the booth. And today on the show, we are welcoming uh, Mr. Iris Sharpen back to the Conquering Columbus podcast. And he's the CEO of Continental Office. Uh, if you missed our first episode with Ira, you can go back and check it out. We talk a lot about his story, the story of Continental Office and more. But today we've brought him on to talk about what's new for the Continental Office team. And in particular, we want to talk about the evolving office, how offices and workspaces are changing in light of the pandemic and what it's going to stick, what's not. So super excited to welcome back, Ira. Welcome to Conquering Columbus. Thank you. I uh, love being invited back. That doesn't always happen. So uh, <laughs> happy to be here and spend some time with you guys. Well, we appreciate you coming in. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to go out and call myself out. This is actually our third interview with Ira. <laughs> we screwed up in a transfer, but we lost a little bit of data. So Ira was gracious enough to come back and join us again. So we really appreciate that. But kind of the first place to start is it's been a few years since uh, we last spoke on the podcast. What's been going on for Continental Office? Oh, man, a lot. Other than that thing called the pandemic. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I have two additional kids since last time we uh, we did a podcast Congratulations. Together. Thank you. So um, fourth and fifth girls. Boy, so much going on. And, uh, you know, a lot of what we're seeing 
probably was inevitable, but the pandemic really accelerated by two to three years. And, you know, we've all for 20 months now been working mostly from home and, you know, at least for our 220 or so folks, and we're an essential business because we work with healthcare organizations and government institutions, but nobody really asked to go home on Mm -hmm. March. It was March 13th, 2019. So, you know, can you believe that? Can you believe how far, like how long ago that was? We're coming in on 2022. Pause to think of the year. Right. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it was March. It was March 13th, 2020, 2020. 2020. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so much has changed because, you know, there's still a lot of companies in town mm-hmm. and we also have a Pittsburgh and Toledo office that aren't back. And, you know, many clients I talk to, they're still trying to figure it out. They're, you know, kicking the decision down the road. Those that have come back are doing it in waves or shifts, you know, team A, team B every other day. And, you know, I think for the most part that works okay, but that's not a long-term sustainable answer. And so, what we're really trying to do, and you know, we want to sell a lot of stuff, but it's it's really just have conversations with companies, with our clients, other business partners in terms of what's going on in their business, how is their business evolving, changing, and what are you know what are the critical needs for their teams? Because every company is different, mm-hmm. and the ones that figure it out, I don't subscribe to the great migration. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy to think seventy percent of the people are going to leave their job or are looking. I think there's some some are, but I think most of the people you know, that are looking to leave, they have anxiety, they have stress, mm-hmm. they have questions that are unanswered, they're not getting good communication. And you know, those are the, the companies and the people that are, are probably at risk and it's time to listen. Yeah, and I think anytime you have a change or as momentous and impactful as the pandemic, right? Like anytime there's a big change, everybody starts kind of getting that, well, am I in the right spot, right? And I think that a lot of this is, yes, maybe people feel like they're open to looking, but that's a lot of change over a short period of time. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of people kind of take a step back and say, well, no, you know what? We just need to fix what's going on here where I'm at. Yeah, I think it's like the pendulum swung from, you know, one side to the other. And, you know, maybe it's fun to talk with your friends, say, yeah, I'm out of here. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, they're going to force me to come back to work. So, you know, I want to work at home. Well, you know, the office is valuable. The office is meaningful. It's relevant. It's where we form friendships. And a lot of people that maybe say that met some of their close friends at work. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say it's a big bluff, but I think if you give people a reason to want to be back in the office, if it's inspiring, if you take care of them and provide opportunities to grow and continue to learn, you know, we're lifelong learners, you know, in general, I don't think as many people are going to leave. Same thing as I don't think everybody's going to leave the high rent cities. I I haven't heard that San Francisco or New York is shut down yet. You know, those cities are still pretty cool in Chicago. So, I had some yeah. of the best clams, like they had these baked clams, like an Italian place with some type of little tomato sauce and okay. Parmesan on top and like the best clams I've ever had in my life, uh, period. Good, good restaurants. I, I yeah. spent 16 years in Chicago, but you know, I think the people that talk about these migrations from mm-hmm. city to city are a company might be headquartered in San Francisco and they've got 30 people in a city and maybe the people can work remote so they can move back home to Columbus or mm-hmm. St. Louis. And there has been people who have left though. You know, sure. I've got a lot of friends that left big cities and came back. You know, they're paying for a small place in Huntington Beach and they can get a house in Muirfield, you know, for the same, same yeah, thing. I, but I think, like you said, that it's going to, it doesn't have to be all or one, but I think it does force companies to realize like, we can't do it like we've always done it. And so we need to fix it. So it, it's absolutely, yeah, like you were saying. Yep. And I think it also is good being, you know, I, I signed a deal, my first job ever, March 11th, 2020. 
and then hmm. went into the office to meet everybody and then but literally everybody's gone. Yeah. And yeah. and so my experience was only that and now being back in and seeing like I said, this is my first job. So I've, I, I'm not the ideal person for them to be like, come to the office, butts and seats from this time to this time. It's like, they hired me to do a job. I'm excelling at it. What can we do to continue to have you excel? Whereas somebody else might need a different treatment. So I think that having the leadership to be able to understand how do I, it's like players on a sports team. Rodman got a different treatment than Jordan did, you know? And so Absolutely. I think, and I don't think that everybody's Rodman, but I think them realizing like, what do we need? And, you know, again, it comes back to like, be who you can afford to be. Those people that are like, I'm leaving. They're probably not as valuable as they think they are, but there are some people that can, that can kind of demand what they, you know, the experience. And they're like, here's the track record so far. And it gave them a good, a oh, good. Without a doubt. Like they've built, unknowingly built up a resume to whether or not they deserve this, you know, yeah, this style. So well, I think, yeah. And I think Ira, to your earlier point about people coming back to the office, like I remember in the middle of the quarantine, right, where we were all locked in our houses and sitting there working from home. And this is the first time for like, I remember a bunch of people complaining that they don't get to see their people from work and they're not going in. Like at that time, there was a lot of complaining about that. Now, as we're coming back, there's a lot of complaining about going back to the office. So I think people- I was like never <laughs> as productive as I was during that like initial lockdown. Well, Cause stretch. there was nobody you could talk like there was nothing, nothing to do other than work. like, <laughs> I would sit at one place from the sun up yep. and I would look up and it would be dark and I'd be like, Oh wow. Like I had not moved and it was good for production, but it was super unhealthy. Yeah. Not well, healthy. <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of mental health issues with that, you know, yeah. anxiety, you know, we'd roll out of bed and you're at work. Yep. And so I think to that point, it's to me, it's an and right. Mm -hmm. We yep. can't, I don't think anybody wants to go back to how it was. I think it's going to force a lot of trust with executive teams and leaders. And it's no longer about butts and seats. If there's a Wednesday team meeting and everybody should be there because they're on that sales team or whatever, they should be there. But do they have to be there 10 hours that day? Yeah. What if they're there for four hours? To me, that's good enough. If the other time you're either at home or some other you know workplace and you're productive. And so I like to think of it as we've shifted from butts and seats and productivity to expectations and outcomes. Yeah. And 100%. My whole world is, and if you have trust throughout that, you, you have a great chance of being a successful company. Our sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I could not be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com, and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. So how does all of this, because, I mean, we're talking a lot about the kind of the, I guess I'll call them the meta changes, the large scale changes, the way we work and the way that humans are going to work going forward and the way that business is going to operate. But how does that change the office? How does that change what people are looking for in their spaces? You know, I think it changes it in several ways. One of the things, because this is the space we work in, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's our life. We were able to test different things and pilot, and we used some data analytics to really dig into what our people were looking for. And we've made some pretty significant changes in our work environments at Continental Office. And what we found is people, because again, no one asked to work at home. And for the most part, they were productive, right? We had Zoom and Teams and Vonage and so forth, and might've been harder five years ago, but with technology it worked. What we found was, people that had their own workstations, their own cubicles, mm -hmm. didn't really need them anymore and said, I'm willing to give that up to have more variety 
in the office. And so we made a lot of changes. We took our freeway drive location. We took 30 of 60 workstations out and replaced it with soft seating, couches, some touchdown areas, tech-enabled, whiteboards, just a whole variety of work settings. And it kind of feels like an office combined with your home. It's very comfortable. There's an area that looks like a kitchen table. There's a bar height that kind of you let you at a, at a bar, you know, you could you could have coffee there, you could have a beer there at the end of the day. And so it's just much more welcoming. It's It feels good. It's inspiring. It smells good. There's, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds good. And so one of our designers, after we had implemented these changes, I, I asked him, I said, well, how do you feel about this? And he said, you know, I went from a bigger space to a better space. And that kind of struck a chord with me. You know, we didn't grow, we didn't shrink, we just replaced. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what I tell a lot of our clients. You don't have to spend millions of dollars. Right. You could make some small changes, but you have to ask your people what's important to them. How are they now working? And then listen. What works and listen. What (laughs) works at home? They ask all the time. And then then you see the results and (laughs) you're like, why why did you ask? Yeah, to that point. So I'm not bitter at all. What works at home? They might say, well, you know what? If it's quiet and my dog's not there, my kids, I can just crank for a few hours. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does that space exist at the office? Well, no, because you're in a cubicle farm and nothing, Mm -hmm. and it's noisy. Okay, so that's not going to work for you when you're doing email or heads down or research. What else? Well, you know, I sit at the dining room table and my chair, it's not comfortable. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we've got comfortable seating. What else? Well, sometimes, you know, I'll lay on the couch, you know, whatever it is. You can replicate almost all of that without being at home. You can right. replicate a lot of that. And so to me, if you give people the flexibility, they can't just peace out and you know leave whenever they want, but you don't have to lay the gauntlet down and say, hey, if you're not in 60% of the time, you're fired. Right. Or we expect you to be in you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mm-hmm. or every other week. Well, now you're creating anxiety, right? To me, now I'm like, I'm getting my resume ready right. because you're making it confrontational. It doesn't need to be that way. And I think that's where... Maybe companies in the past, they just, it's like my way or the highway or black and white. You know, my favorite color is gray. Yeah. (laughs) What's wrong with gray? Gray is good. Let's meet people in the middle. And hey, if you tell people, hey, it's really important to build our culture and to onboard and to connect and have these serendipitous interactions. But you know what? We get it. You don't need to be in 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out for you and your team If it's 50%, what are your needs? And if you do that with all your functional areas or teams, then you can figure out how much space you need. If you just go into saying, oh, I only need half the space in the future, you don't know that. Yeah. I've always been blown away by hours being the the judgment and not- not, uh, Hate that. And so watching this kind of change, I think it's, like you said, it's been accelerated, um, kind of like the changeover in the short north. Like you saw corporations slowly coming in. It's been sped up because the smaller business couldn't afford it but watching businesses have to adapt to the output. Like if I have a salesperson and he hits his goal working one hour a month, good for you, dude. You know, like take that time off or whatever. If you want to sell more and go above your goal, I hired you to do this task. Did you do the task, right? Versus where were you? When were you? Is that a, is that a personal call or a work call? You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like this has forced companies to, some of them were already fine with it, but forced some of the the old heads, I guess, or like the traditionalists, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. to, to learn that like, hey, it's going to be, like this now. And so I, that was one another positive I noticed from it, at yeah, least being in that space. It's like shedding the paranoia, right? right? I mean, companies that would have firewalls, we don't want, we're not going to let people go on Facebook. Well, you know right? what? And I'm not on Facebook, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. Well, or, it's meta now. 
Twitter. Meta, yeah, it's yeah. meta. <laughs> it's meta. That's how people do research. That's how they connect. Right. I mean, we, you know, companies I got sales post people things. Do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. So why are we afraid of that? And it's a lot like I remember being younger and I had friends who were like worried their girlfriend was cheating on them. And I'm like, if you're worried all the time that they're cheating, why are you with this person? You know? And I feel like if you hired an employee and you're worried about their output, then you hired the wrong person, you know? Yeah. And- why spend all day worrying about them? Hire the person that's good and then So I think the gig economy too is like led to some of this like increase in more just get the job done. And like, the thing is like, if you hired a vendor to do a job, you're not going to call them up and say, Hey, and they did it right. Right. They did it well. You wouldn't call them up and say, how many hours did you spend on this? Exactly. Were you on Facebook at any point in the day? Right. Like, why do it with your own people? Right. Why do it with your own people? That's the point, right? Right. Like you, if you trust, like if you hire a vendor and you pay them, this is what I want to pay you. This is the job I want done. Yeah. And how you get there is irrelevant. It's, did you get the job done on time and deliver as expected? Yep. Well, it's, you know, it's funny how buzzwords evolve. And so I'm an industrial engineer by training. And so I, I was trained, it's about productivity and efficiency. And mm-hmm. now I think in terms of, did you create the right outcomes? Yep. Did you have impact? Are you effective? Are you helping your team? Are you helping your clients? Are you a positive contributor to our continental community and the external community? And if all those answers are yes, I don't care whether you're in the office at eight or 10 or whether you worked at home or mm-hmm. the office or a coffee bar, you know, mm-hmm. it, you're doing what you need to be doing. But at the end of the day, the office is important. I, mm-hmm. I, I do believe that, and it's not because we sell, you know, furniture and flooring <laughs> right. and so forth. It sounds self-serving, but it's really hard. And, you know, I was a consultant before I bought Continental and I didn't really work in an office that much. I was on site at clients. I worked at home, airports, you know, different places. It was a different industry, but mm-hmm. for most companies, their team base, they need to see people, they need to talk, get together. And so whether that's 25% of the time or a hundred, to right. me, it doesn't matter as long as you, you get the results you need. We're going to take a quick break here to thank one of our sponsors, the Burlett Family Foundation. The Burlett Family Foundation is committed to serving as a trusted partner and resource to organizations striving to improve our community here in Columbus. All right, let's get back to the episode. As a creative, being in the same space is so much more efficient than the, the biggest thing I hate in business is inefficiencies and exporting a project, sending it to someone, having them review it for a small change, sending back that small change when you can be over each other's shoulders, be like, oh, change that, change that, boom. Real time. There is the ability to work creative anywhere, but if you're collaborating with a team, the ability to both of you touch the same project at the same time in a space is just infinitely faster. I, I, I think it's huge. And you know, one of the businesses we have within Continental is... We have a branding business and there it's exactly that. They have to see each other and review you mm-hmm. know, different concepts and ideas. And it's, and it happens much quicker. Again, with technology, we can get be virtual, close. but- They can get close. We can get close, but it's not the same thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's really not the same thing. And- Well, there's a, like, I mean, prime example is what we're doing right here. Like there's a reason we do the podcast in person. Yeah. Because when you do it over, I mean, okay, number one, better audio quality, right? Like we want people yep. to have good audio quality. But I think the experience you get when you do a Zoom podcast versus the experience you get in person talking to each other is so different. That's why I put the Only in CBS podcast on hold. Uh, we tried to do a few episodes. We were picking up a ton of steam and right going into the pandemic. And then we, I had doctors on and I was getting information, you know, but it just wasn't something that I wanted to consume. It did, I couldn't see them. You know, even if we were on Zoom, it wasn't 
you couldn't interact the same way you could in, in right. real life. And so we put it on, I was like, this is not something I would want to consume. So now that we're finally back in person, we can pick that back up. But that was the mm -hmm. major reason why it just didn't have the same feel impact Feeling, or yeah. feel uh, of a real conversation. So I was like, if I'm not going to consume this, I can't put it out. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that with podcasts, which you guys do a lot. But you know, even before the pandemic, I used to tell our, our team, you know, mostly our salespeople, the best thing you can do is be in person with a client. Yeah. Second best is over the phone. Email is not good. Yeah. Unless you're just saying, hey, got, got the drawing or thanks, you know. Mm -hmm. But if that's your default email, right. we're in trouble. That's, uh, that's always my favorite when someone t says something about, well, I sent them a quote. I'm like, you, what, you, you just sent it to them? And you didn't explain nothing about it. Yep. Just send right. them an email with the money on like number on Let it. Let them like, sell themselves. The email, oh, the email was there. Yeah. I'm like, that's not, no. <laughs> that's like sending a solicitation. I mean, right. it's, you know, the other thing, and, you know, we've, we're talking a little bit before just about cities and so forth is that, I think Columbus has a real opportunity to embrace a different real estate mm -hmm. paradigm. And I have a lot of good friends that are developers, contractors, real estate brokers, and lots of talent in Columbus. I mean, we're really blessed by that and lots of cool developments going on, but we need flexible leases, shorter term leases. And you know that's really going to get people to stay and startup companies, they don't want to bite off a seven or 10 year lease. Mm -hmm. It's it's very risky. And, you know, even some companies in town, they don't know whether they're going to have 10 people today, whether they're going to have a hundred next year or, or a thousand. Mm -hmm. And that's a great problem to have. But I think that's the way it's moving. And the coasts are probably already there more so and yep. places in the UK, but Columbus and the Midwest really needs to adopt that um, because things are moving that way. And a, and a lot of the offices and real estate in the future are going to be flex. They're not going to be dedicated to one company. I had an idea while we were talking about this podcast. I'm like, somebody should create the Airbnb of offices so that you can sell out all your extra office space you're holding on to right now. Like, hey, I'm going to you know, rent out my office space in our office. Like, somebody to go do that. Whoever's listening to this, I got, there got to be a developer out there. Go do it. But the hard part with that is your office space uh, for me needs to feel like lived in. And mm -hmm. like, there's like got to be like, I, I don't have like enough stuff displayed here that I would want, you know what I mean? Right. With the next place we'll have that. And so the short term thing, like with an Airbnb, the same reason that you wouldn't like live there, it'd be like a short term stay. I feel like that could be difficult for an office. Yeah. Because you don't have that comfort to create. Like if I'm in a space that's completely comfortable, I'm going to put out the best work. Whereas if someone's like, come up with something right now, I'm like, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but if I'm just chilling in a place that's very like calm or whatever the current mood is and it's comfortable, I can mm -hmm. just like, it's why your best idea is in the shower, right? Yep. You're just standing there and I'm like, oh, why haven't I done that yet? Right. Yeah. So if they could create that. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Kind of like sets, you know what I mean? Yeah. But anyways. But you can. I mean, yeah. you know, you can have different settings in an office and, you know, it all comes down to the experience. Everybody wants a great experience. It's why we stay at that hotel when we go to New York or go to that mm -hmm. restaurant and it might not be the most expensive, but it's just a cool experience. Yeah. And and that's what people need to think. It's not kitschy things. We don't need to bring ping pong tables and pool tables. I, <laughs> I like those, but yeah. I, I think most of the people say that that's not going to do it for me. That's mm -hmm. like Cracker Jacks. You know, we need... It was innovative at one point, but... At one point, yeah, it was hip and cool. But, you know, people want, they want to be inspired. They want, they want a good vibe. Mm -hmm. And the best way, again, is to listen and talk to them. And that's where you'll start getting your best ideas and change. But things are going to continue to change. And a lot of companies haven't even gone through it yet mm -hmm. because they've just delayed their decision to January, February of next year. And it's okay to delay it, but eventually you got to rip the Band-Aid off and come back because if your people are continuing to work from home, they're going to have anxiety. They're probably going to be talking to other companies. And as soon as they talk to companies that have a cool hybrid distributed work model, those are the ones I think that are going to leap. 
Hey everybody, Mike here, and we're gonna take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Smart House. Smart House helps keep your home safe and their team offers white glove, custom home automation and security solutions. They can install things like security cameras, alarm systems, video doorbells, smart locks, thermostats, and smart garage doors, all of which can be controlled from a single app. They even do things like whole house home audio and theater systems, and Josh has used Smart House himself, so we definitely recommend you check them out. You can save 50% or more on no-contract professional alarm monitoring, and to top it all off, they're a local business. So if you want to learn more about them, check out smarthouseohio.com. That's smarthouseohio.com, and let them know Conquer and Columbus sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. So, Iris, something I'm curious about is how has the go-to-market changed for Continental Office as, you know, all of this is coming to play? Because we talked yeah. okay, so we talked about, hey, what's happening in the office, what's happening with the people? How has Continental Office changed your go-to-market strategy to line up with all this? Yeah, well, for one, we haven't been able, you know, until maybe a few months ago to really see a lot of clients in person. So mm -hmm. just doing things remotely, virtually has been a challenge. And, uh, you know, you can trade CAD drawings and layouts, but it really needs to be in person. So that was one. I think another one is, you know, maybe like other industries have shifted. And again, you know, I think we have great products and our service and our people are phenomenal, but we've really shifted to talking more about different insights and challenges that companies are having instead of talking about projects. You know, you have this project, this new building and this renovation, what's the budget? We really don't get into the budget discussion as quick as we used to. It's more of how do you feel you're going to bring people back? What does this look like? You know, what are the teams? How are they going to... And then we start kind of challenging that and go back and forth. And it it's kind of refreshing mm -hmm. because it's really, again, you know, we keep score by furniture sold and flooring and walls and so forth, but the discussions really don't start there. Mm -hmm. And so I think because we've got a lot of talented people and we're fortunate to work with a lot of really cool, small, medium, large companies in town, we can share a lot of ideas. And so... Um, I think that's where we're seeing our momentum continue. But, you know, things have been depressed the last mm -hmm. year and a half or so. And we haven't fundamentally changed how we sell, but we're doing a lot more with marketing. We're doing a lot more with data analytics and research. And we've hired and beefed up, you know, our, our marketing support. And that's arming our sellers and, and kind of the front end with more knowledge. And, you know, that's something that I think we're going to see a lot of benefit from. Hey everybody, Mike here. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, One Columbus, and we are very excited to partner with One Columbus. They really, really share the same vision as us here at the Conquering Columbus podcast, which is really building up the Columbus region to be one of the most prosperous regions in the United States. And One Columbus serves as the business location resource for companies across central Ohio and around the world as those companies grow, innovate, and compete within the global economy. And they help us lead a regional growth strategy that develops and attracts the world's most competitive companies, it grows a highly adaptive workforce, and prepares our communities for the future, inspiring innovation across the board. Their mission really is just ensuring the Columbus region is a vibrant place to build businesses and careers. So again, we really appreciate all of their support. You want to learn more about them, go check out their website, columbusregion.com. That's columbusregion.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back into the episode. So I'm curious, like I will never know, but Man, what would have been like if everyone was talking about right before the pandemic, we're heading into the next roaring 20s. It's going to be this huge thing. Everybody's going to be, growth is going to be just on top of the world. And it feels like we did kind of miss out on that, but it's like delayed. So I'm the next few years, if we can keep the pandemic under control and continue to make progress there, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty big. I think so. You know, to me, you know, I don't know if it's like stepping on a hose, but, you know, we press the pause button. Mm -hmm. 
but our economy was fundamentally in good shape. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike the financial recession where banks and financial institutions were in disarray. I mean, the fundamentals are strong, you mm-hmm. know, and businesses were strong going into it. It, you know, there's supply chain issues we were talking about. There's labor challenges, but I do think the rebound is going to be pretty quick. And, you know, for us, People say, well, companies aren't going to buy as much furniture. Well, we don't know that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's going to be a different flex industry that's created and something that we're working on and be happy to share some, some of those things when they come to fruition. But we're working on a couple cool ideas that would be some partnerships with other organizations that we otherwise wouldn't partner with. And so I think it's just <laughs> going to shift. But at the end of the day, if you know our corporate clients buy 10% less, mm-hmm. we'll probably be providing more services yeah. to help them reconfigure and stay fresh. But health care is still going strong. You know, I mean, you see all the cranes around town. Yeah, this guy right here. Yeah, we got one right by us. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, educational institutes, colleges and universities are, you know, still kids are back in campus. Yeah, they're not hurting for cash at all. Not, they're not hurting. And so I think you're right. The economics are there. And um, I feel really good about Columbus. I really yeah. do. I mean, yeah. I'm happy I live here. I'm not, you know, changing that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're poised for the rebound, we're, we're seeing it. It's slowly coming back, but it's it's not been a gusher yet, but um, we're ready for it. Yeah, it'll come. It'll come. But uh, I really think that's a great place to kind of head towards wrapping up the show. Tim, you got any other questions before we uh, head that direction? No, no. We could talk about this stuff forever. That's something yeah. I'm pretty passionate about. Let's get a couple beers and let's go get a couple for, uh, beers. Keep going. Couple more. Well, Ira, what? So, what do you see? I guess being the biggest challenges for your team as the last question. What do you see being the biggest challenges going forward, and and how that impacts uh, your organization? Maybe even challenges from an office perspective for yeah. everybody. You know, I, I still say the biggest challenge is um, COVID. Is uh, you know people getting vaccinated? Not not to not to you know share my feelings, but you know, the safer environment we can create. Our challenge is getting companies back so that we can pick up where we left and talent. You know, we're struggling like most. We were talking before about finding a lot of talented people and our headcount is where we were pre-pandemic. You know, we dipped a little, but we're back and and we're going to go above that. So we need some great people and bring great ideas, but it's really companies feeling safe bringing their their people back. Awesome. Well, Ira, thanks so much for joining us. and Pleasure. uh, Appreciate it. It's always great having you on. Thanks so much. Yeah, and if you guys want to hear what Ira thinks about living uncomfortably, oh. we're not going to ask him that question today. Well played. You can go back and listen to that first episode. Yeah, it was a good answer. It was a good plug. answer, Yeah, I think. it was. You want to listen to it, you better go back. But uh, <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, if you did, leave a like. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are listening on. You can hear us talking to amazing people around Columbus every week. Appreciate all your support, and we'll talk to you next week. Nice. Nice.